Be sure to go over to Down to Flux and check out our inconsistent brothers. Incontinent? Inconsistent. British. They're British. Uh, isn't one of them Canadian? Eh? No, I, I think one of them just lives in Canada. Does anybody like rugby? Go Wolfpack! Anywho, let's focus. Want to ride bikes? <laughs> focus! Dude, have you seen their latest YouTube video? That's more like it. I like bikes. Uh, where'd you find that video at? On their YouTube channel. Uh, just head over there and look up Down to Flux. So they had four and now they are down to two? I miss Tom. Uh, can you flux with four? <sighs> this is why we can't have nice things. I'll tweet at them Hold, and ask them. Hold on. I'm not making my phone here. At down to flux. Can you flux with four cent? Be sure to check out Down to Flux on iTunes and ninjapancake.com. I like bikes. Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. I am your host, Strongman Johnson. Oh, no, wait. No. No, just Strongman. Today, we make fun of fluffy things that fail to be evil, like Blue Shark's beard and Zombie Blood's hair, or Dee's ball sack. Nah, no, sir. We're not going to see that photo again. <laughs> but seriously, I'm your host, Cecil Xavier. And we have a great show tonight. I am I am surrounded. I say surrounded because I'm over here in the corner and I got people surrounding me on the screen there. By my fellow co-hosts, I've got Zyberblood. Zyberblood, how you feeling tonight, man? Uh, I'm feeling pretty bree... Pretty bree... What? What the fuck? I'm not eating cheese. Uh, pre-grained. Yeah, that's it. Pretty, pretty breezy right now. You're feeling a little uh, little cool oh, yeah. on the dome yeah. right there? The, the head's definitely a little cool. All right. So we're going to refer to Zyber as Fester from now on. And we've got D from Microbrew Gamers. D, how you feeling tonight, man? <laughs> like shit that got ran over. <laughs> oh, so it's a normal night. And Blue Shark, how you feeling tonight, man? My face is really too fucking cold. Like this, this is bad. Like it's like it's like the icy hand of death is just like hovering over my face, ready to like choke me out. <laughs> I I could shave like my downside, and, and 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 you could put it on your face, like glue it to your face. If we got you and Zyberblood together, we could probably either have a very warm person or a very cold person, or both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. With our powers combined, we're powder. <laughs> Yeah, in all honesty, ladies and gentlemen, beards protect you from the icy hand of death. Yes, it does. Un unless you have been shaving religiously with a very dull razor for the past five years, and then your face can take a bullet. Yeah. That that kind of sounds like when I shave, I, I, I rarely cycle through my razor heads <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i never like i've got the same razor i think i've been using since 1994 
So when I drag that thing across my face, you can actually hear it in the other room. It's just like a it's a it's a scratching sound. I don't want to mimic it, but it's a scratching sound. Nails on chalkboard, kind of. Yeah, almost like nails on chalkboard, but make it kind of like a like a dry rub on a steak. A few twangs, like you put like you pluck the uh, the high string on the guitar. Exactly. As his hairs are breaking off. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't actually shave them; it just pulls them out. It almost epilates them. So I've now referred to this razor as an epilator. Now, do you guys like use um, regular like? I'm sorry, not uh, let's not let's not call them regular. Do you guys use like the multi blade razors, or do you guys use like the um, the old fashioned um, just like single blade? Um, well, I I use whatever Harry's is. I think they're multi blade. I prefer to use a single straight edge, um, but I found that if you leave that out and you don't sharpen it, um, like daily or hourly then it gets a little bit dull i did have an antique one for the longest time that i used to shave with when i moved down here and it was amazing then i switched over to an electric razor because i got really fucking lazy and then that just changed my world i didn't care that it looked like i had five o'clock shadow all the time i just said hey you know what electric razor way to be see i i only like a straight edge when i'm shaving you know the undercarriage are you talking about your nuts yes oh uh, that's that's dangerous uh i don't like electric razors because of the five o'clock shadow like i used to keep this really clean um for the longest time and i always wanted it to be nice and smooth and stuff so i the electric razors why they were like convenient they they just didn't do the job that i needed them to do i'm laziest i'm just not shaving <laughs> Yeah, there's, I'm, no not, I'm not shaving either for a long time. No friggin' way that the sides of your face did not grow hair. You do not grow Fu Manchu naturally. There's no possible way <laughs> that you grow that naturally. You have to shave part of your face. I do, I do. <laughs> you caught me. I was going to say, like that would be like me saying I don't shave. And if you look at this mug, actually, dude, honestly, if you just look at any other part of my body, you're like, there is no way the sides of your face do not grow hair. Yeah, he's, he's like a hairy tumor. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a very accurate description of me. I'm kind of like cancer that grows hair. Although I do, except for the scraggly hair on the rest of my face, I kind of do grow a Fu Manchu naturally. Just doesn't grow in on the sides? Not well. Okay. And this gets a lot really long really quick, and so does this. We got to get into the most important thing, guys. I mean, I love talking about man beards. You know, it gets me horny. But we got to talk about a very important thing. What is everybody drinking tonight? Now, Beer. I kind of have a little bit of, a, of, of an insight on somebody. So we're going to start with them to get the lameness out of the way. D, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm drinking coffee because honestly, me. I feel like shit. I took a shitload of pain meds. And uh, yeah, because I got some sort of virus fucking my head up. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I got fluid behind my eardrum pushing it out. You know, hopefully it doesn't rupture. So I'm just drinking coffee now to stay awake. Is this like a special blend of coffee? Like some Reese's monkey ate the beans and shit them out, and now you're making coffee out of them? Or is this just like no, Dunkin' no, Donuts No, it's New blend? England coffee, French vanilla. Not that's, bad. That's totally lame. I'm not going to lie. I'm even out of my cone of coffee. So, I mean, I'm extra lame tonight. Like, you know, we're, we're talking bring me out to pasture and shoot me lame right now. All right. All right, old yeller. <laughs> At least you're not as salty as Zyberblood is. 
hey, I'm almost as salty enough to be fucking cured. Dude, when I fucking read that in chat, I almost died. I swear to God, I almost died. And I am stealing that. Like, I'm not even going to reference you. I'm not I'm not even going to reference you whatsoever. I'm just going to throw that out there. And when people laugh, I'm going to be like, yeah, I totally thought that up. And I'm going to shake my head. No, I didn't. You know, I, I'm, I'm not really you know, saying that Zyber is salty, but I did see a deer walk up and lick his head the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker made some nice venison, too. Zyberblood, what are you drinking with us tonight, man? Well, I pre-greened with some, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Windward, the, if I can fucking talk tonight, Windridge, um, Laughing Crow IPA. And now I am on Space Juice. What the hell is Space Juice? Like uh, it, Space Juice is a double IPA of the cosmic kind. The can I, reads, just so nobody gets confused, does not contain any juice. <laughs> okay, so what does it contain? Uh, it's by Long Trail Brewing Company. Mm, I like uh, that. It is a 8.7 by volume and a 82... IBU. 82 IBU. That sounds fantastic. I was about to say, Cecil, ever watch Rick and Morty? Um, Don't ask what's in Space Juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested, especially in 82 IBU. Tell me how that thing tastes, man. I got to know. This tastes uh, very strong of the uh, grapefruit citrus flavors. Um, and... There's an undertone of on top, of, or I should say, there's an undertone below the bitterness of sweet. Really? Any other flavors yeah. in there? Any like, uh, I don't know, mango or nope. I don't know, nut butter it, or anything? It's just like a serious hot flavor followed by a little bit of sweetness. That sounds freaking incredible, dude. I'm going to have to try to track that down. And actually, since I've been visiting Damoc, because um, he lives about an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half north of me, I'm visiting him. He's got a, a total beer and wine next to him. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's really cool because that's where I found the 120-minute IPAs, which Excellent. I still have not broken in to any of them yet. And I'm, I did that I'm, the last show. I did what you wow. told me with the uh, sif- uh, the sniffer glass. Oh, the brandy snifter? Yeah. That's the only way to drink that, man. You, you know yep. what the ABV is on that? It was fucking that? amazing. Do you know what the ABV is on the 120s? Go ahead, search the bottle. I I'll, 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 I want to see if you find them. I'm going to guess 13. 15? Doesn't say on the bottle. Just says 120. 18. Ages well. It's 15 to 20% ABV. It's impressive. Sounds like my kind of beer. It is an amazing beer, but you have to drink it out of something that really allow the, the smells like a brandy snifter that really allows all that aroma. That's the exact glass I'm looking at. Nobody else can see this right now because we're talking on an audio podcast, <laughs> but the glass he's holding in his hand is a perfect, clear brandy snifter glass. It's got the bulbous bottom with the with the skinny. It's coming up to a skinnier top, and it is beautiful. You drink it out of that, and you don't have to, like, you don't pour, pour in a full beer into it. You pour it, like, maybe two knuckles deep, and you just let it shift around in there, and to be perfectly honest, I don't know what you felt, Zyberblood, but I know when I tried that, I tried it at room temperature, 
at about 65 degrees, and it was absolutely amazing at 65 degrees. Well, my room area is about um, 60 on a good day during the winter, so... Yeah, so you had it about a good temperature. Yeah, those things are fantastic. Next show, if I can remember... I'm going to have that on the show, and I'm going to give you a full breakdown of every flavor that comes out of that thing as I drink it. So, Blue Shark, what do you drink with us tonight, man? Um, I've had it before. It's the uh, Saltwater Brewery's uh, Milk Stout. Ooh. And uh, it's got a nice um, light flavor, in my opinion. I mean, like, compared to, like, Guinness. That's generally what I compare dark beers to. Um, but it has a nice flavor to it. And it pairs well with a nice uh, walnut brownie. Walnut brownie? You're drinking yeah. it with a walnut brownie? Yeah, I got a I got All a brownie right. on like the on the side. It's quite tasty. That uh, that I can't uh, I can't knock that. I love stouts. Stouts have such a nice full flavor, and they have that thick flavor to them. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs> what thick flavor? Yeah, well, well, you know, it's it's like it's almost like yeah, it's got texture to it. That's a great that's a great way to describe it. Stouts have texture, like an IPA has a nice citrusy flavor. You get nice grapefruit undertones, and you get some great flavors, especially depending on how they brew it. You get some really great flavors to them. But man, a stout a stout has texture. That is a great way to describe it, Zyber Blood. All right, well, I guess it's time for me. Um, I am almost going to be as lame as D. I myself am drinking an unnamed rum. I uh, During the 100th episode, I seem to have pounded my way through two bottles of rum, and then I peeled the label off the last bottle that I was drink- that I had ready. So awesome. I actually have no clue what this rum is that I'm drinking, but I'm drinking it. So I did a... Um, it's about a 20, I think it's a 22 or 24 ounce glass. And I filled it to about here, which is about halfway with rum. And then I filled the rest of it with some Diet Coke, just, you know, for flavor. Um, I have no clue what this rum is, but uh, I got to say, starting it off, this rum was pretty rough. It was, it, there was a lot of flavor to it. There was a lot of caramel. There was just... It tasted very sugary. I'm pretty sure that I'm way over my carb limit just by drinking this one thing. And that D was a fantastic one. I heard that. That was absolutely amazing. I'm not editing that out. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, but this rum right here, this is, uh, it really is rough to start off with. But as you drink into it, it's got to be, I'm going to guess by the amount I've drank and how drunk I actually feel right now, it's probably a, a, a 50 55% by volume rum. Um, it's definitely a spice rum. It's good. It's got a lot of caramel and a lot of spice to it. Uh, at first, it's pretty harsh, but as I get into it, um, it's starting to grow on me. That sounds like something I would like to try with uh, vanilla Coke. You know what? If you drank this with a flavored uh, mixer, like not just straight Coke, if you drank this with a flavored mixer, actually, I think this rum, with what I've tasted of Dr. Pepper, I'm really confident that this rum would go great with Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors. Make it 24. Yeah, this would be 24. Tastes like carbonated cough syrup. What, Dr. Pepper does? Yes. Well, then we call it a flaming mo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was really interested in t- today, I've been, uh, I've been reading a ton of articles throughout the week. 
lot of different things. And, and really, it, it just it stems from me playing a new game, me reading the forums on this new game, and me reading how things are labeled out for a lot of these games that are coming out, and a lot of hype that are coming up for, for games like Anthem um, and Escape from Tarkov, which I think is in closed beta, but you can get into it by buying into it. But um, the state of games today, just just growing up with games, everybody who remembers growing up with games, games were just kind of always always there. And we've seen a distinct shift in the paradigm of how video games are now. I mean, it's shifted from point-and-click adventures like Leisure Suit Larry and Space Quest, you know, from the, from the classic Sierras, over to, I mean... Honestly, what I'm seeing a lot of is first-person shooters, uh, mm, first-person, third-person shooters, really dominating the market. So, I mean, just state of games today, like, what are your guys' perception of it? Cyberblood, what what are you what are you looking at when you see games today? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, you, uh, I see a one. So you see one. So like we're talking about Creed, Creed the song one. No, he's talking about the loneliest number. Oh. One, the loneliest number that there ever was. Exactly. All right, well, I'm staring at that Chrome Dome right now, and I got to admit, I'm getting a semi. <laughs> I'm getting a bit of a semi. I'm not going to lie. I think he's having some technical trouble. Oh, that's not good. All right, so Blue Shark, we'll skip over to you. Okay. What do you feel like, like State of Games today? What's the first thing you think of? If somebody asks you and says... How do you feel about the state of games today? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Incomplete. I mean, I feel like uh, some of the stuff that we're we've started to see is uh, pushed out the door. Not. Uh, um, I'm trying not to. I, I'm trying to. Th- I watched a, a YouTube video on something about Anthem coming up recently, and my problem with it was. The uh, the it's it's kind of a new way of looking at it, but it's also a very negative way of looking at how games are, and I don't want to believe it, but I I kind of see where the guy's coming from. He's saying that the games are coming out; they're coming out half finished. Like, um, here buy this game. Um, we have DLC to last us for the year coming up, but um, you need to buy the game first. Oh, by the way, now that you've bought this game, uh, there's a lot of shit that's actually broken. So, um, you've just dropped eighty bucks on a game that's uh, that we're going to be working on over the next year, trying to get it fixed. But uh, we'll have DLC out for you during that time. So don't worry. You you spent eighty bucks on an incomplete product, but uh, you're you're still going to get a product at, at maybe maybe year two, maybe year one. We'll see. And and that kind of you know that that kind of mindset like that's what I'm I can I can kind of see like I'm right now I'm actually playing the division, and I have to say that I'm having a lot of fun. It's uh it's brought me back. Um, and, but I'm also playing The Witcher um and enjoying that. And I know that's an older game, and that's I wouldn't have I don't know how, what the condition of that game was when it first came out, but. I mean, I'm not touching some of the games that I've spent money on, like um, uh, Destiny, and I've I have my concerns about like Anthem coming up, like uh, with EA and what they did with the last Mass Effect game, and 
the rumors that I've heard where they took their best team off of that to do this Anthem project. And Mass Effect Andromeda came out and it was broken. And that kind of quality is just, you know, for 60 bucks, it, I, I think it's, I think it's, they're really just kind of screwing over the consumers. And it's, it's kind of making me sad because you used to have these good products get pushed out. Like, I don't remember half of the crap being as bad with, you know, like some of the cartridge games. Yeah, there were glitches and stuff, but I feel like they're, they're, they're pushing more and they're, they're spending less time with quality. Like, I mean, Destiny came out. I mean, we saw how it was. And a bunch of other games have come out, and they've shown, like, to the world the problems. And I feel like people aren't paying attention to this, and they're not learning from it. They're just continuing with the same old thing, whether it's the developer, whether it's the publisher, or whether it's a little bit of both. I feel like people aren't recognizing issues and trying to address them. I don't necessarily know how you fix, you know, game-breaking world mechanics, and I know... You give people enough time and they'll break anything. Um, but at the same time, I feel like th- some people aren't taking enough time when they're building these giant worlds to really, really test them. Well, I think you bring up actually a great point when you said you went back to the division. So I look at the division like I look at Destiny 1. I played Destiny 1. It's, it's no... It's no um, hidden feature here i played destiny one a whole lot i mean i think i got 25 or 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 three thousand hours somewhere into destiny one and destiny one was broken as hell oh yes at the at the beginning i mean all all the way up through probably year 1.5 i think until skullless came out there was really a lot of broken stuff and then once skullless came out they had some fixed things now division when it came out I bought it. I mean, I was, I was, I saw the uh, the E three release of it, and I saw some of the um, what the hell was it? It was uh, it was the snow effect. It was the slush and snow effect that they had added in there, and that sold me on the game. I said, "Wow." Well, I love Tom Clancy for one. I mean, I've read uh, crap. I can't I can't tell you how many of his books I've read, but I love Tom Clancy for one and two. Uh, he he knocked me with Rainbow Six, the game. When they came out with Rainbow Six, I was amazed. It was it was hyper realistic. You walk in, you tag a person once or twice with an MP, and like they're dropped. You know, it was like holy crap, this is realistic, and it really made you feel like you were in the game. And it was super super hard, especially when you went PvP on it. it was super hard, but it was fun. Now Division, when it came out, was just as broken as Destiny. Um, I don't want to say more. Because I don't think it was more broken than Destiny. I think it was just as broken as Destiny was. But Division has come a super long way in comparison. I mean, div- like like Division and Destiny, as they've aged, as they've matured, they've gotten a lot better. Um, but one of the big things about uh, about Destiny is that Destiny went with Destiny 2 and completely... I mean, it was... It was two steps forward and like five steps back. I mean, it was just it was a it was a kick in the nuts to Destiny players. But the division the division has come across and really started expanding things out. I'm really enjoying how division's going. So you would say uh, going nowhere fast. <laughs> I love these musical references. Yeah, 
Yeah, Destiny 2 is going nowhere fast. They've got a long way to go. They've lost a lot of player base. Um, and that's one of the disappointing things about Destiny is because, I mean, Destiny 1, I played a metric shit ton of that game. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it grow. I enjoyed watching it evolve. And, I mean, I am probably one of the few players that, I mean, wasn't salty about it whatsoever. I was really, really enjoying watching it. I loved, like, people hated Skolas. I loved Skolas. Because every week you had a different dynamic, a different way that you had to try to take this guy down versus a raid where you had the same thing over and over and over again. Skolas had a different mechanic to it every single week. I loved it. Everybody I played with in my clan, they were fucking against it horribly. I had to recruit people outside of the clan to play it who also enjoyed it to get him into the clan and then get other people in the clan to get through it. I can't tell you how many people in the clan that I got through. Uh, Skolas. But it was it was just uh, you know it was amazing to watch that game evolve and Destiny or uh, Division sorry has been that same way to see it evolve and to see it change. I could see why Remy's got the uh, the bombshell jackets going because it really has evolved in such a great way. And I hope that Division Two doesn't turn into Destiny Two. I hope that they learn from it. I do too, and I think it's a good thing that they they they're still they're still putting time and effort into this game and they made it be where it is at where we've come people have come back for this and you know realized that you know it's it's better um and that to me is where i think they made a better move i don't think they could have planned that um out over what destiny's done uh, or bungie's done I, I think it's more so they've um, they realize that if we just create another game, it's kind of a fuck you to a player base because this is broken and I like the mentality we're gonna fix it. Like to me, like it you know that 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 speaks to a high um, work ethic. It doesn't speak to a shitty or a low work ethic. It means we fucked up. Sorry. Let's get this done right. Because, you know, as a, you know, in my professional career, when we screw up, if the, it's fixing it, it's not, um, here, let me sell you something else. It's no, we may lose money on this, but we're going to get it fixed and we're going to make it right. You're talking about a very specific thing. It's called act, apologize, correct, and thank them for bringing it to your attention. Well, they, they, they act very well. <laughs> Uh, disclaimer, Welly is not a word. Destiny 2 has been out for a bit, and Destiny 2 has been losing a huge ton of player base. Um, I mean, I again, I'm, I'm a person who played Destiny 1 for 2,500, 3,000 hours. I don't even know how much anymore. A good chunk of my life I'm not getting back, and I don't I don't mind it whatsoever. But Destiny 2, Destiny 2 is, uh, has definitely not grabbed me like Destiny 1 has. I found myself moving on to other games. Now... I don't know if you guys. I know Zyberblood and Blue Shark. I know you guys have gotten Destiny too. I got it on all on. Uh, I wait. No, we never uh, synced up accounts, so I don't have it on Xbone, but I have it on PS4 and I have it on PC, and I'm only going on during the weekends now. Zer. Yeah, I'm jumping on with uh, with some clan members, or you know, when we randomly get a raid going. But uh, I can't say that I'm playing it as religiously as I was. 
What about you, Blue Shark? I know you're playing uh, Division. Are you jumping into Destiny 2 at all still, or have you pretty much sidelined it? Well, I think I've ended up sidelining it because, honestly, the Osiris thing came out, and uh, what did I do? I went to a uh, stand-up comedy thing here in, in, in town. Like, small, small, small talent, you know, uh, nothing big, nothing crazy. I did that, and then I went uh, several days without being like, I got to play this, I got to play this, and then, like, I slowly got through the campaign for the extension, and uh, and then I, I haven't even touched the, the new parts of the raid. Uh, I, I just... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's how it's gone. Maybe it's uh, some people aren't playing anymore amongst my group of friends. Well, there's nothing to chase anymore. I mean, in Destiny 1, the thing that I loved and or the thing I hated and ironically it seemed I loved was chasing, you know, like that perfect role. You know, I keep saying this gun, the IS Luna. You know, I kept chasing that IS Luna because everybody who had IS Luna with Firefly was just or Rangefinder was just wrecking my face, and I kept chasing that damn gun, and that kept me playing because I kept trying to get that gun. But now, with Destiny Two, there's really nothing to chase. Yeah, it just feels like a lot of the guns have a uh, specific baseline, no matter what role you get on it, and there there is no roles. Yeah. It's just you get the same gun. Now they've added Masterworks with it. But even with Masterworks, you take a gun and he Masterworks it. And all I've been seeing a lot, I'm, and granted, I haven't been playing that much of Destiny 2, so there might be just me missing it. But a lot of the Masterworks guns that I've gotten just give you multi-kills. Uh, they give you multi-kills and they give you orbs. It's like, well, shit, that's not really handy. I mean, it, it's kind of handy when you're when you're in a mob, but it doesn't really help me all that much. Well, I... Uh, has the raid been extended? Like, they've got an extra raid. It's well, it's kind of it, it. okay. So you know how in the Leviathan raid you go on top and you go up to get to where Callus is and you yes. work through the bathers and all that shit. Well, in the extra raid content, you go down into the underbelly of the Leviathan. So it's kind of an extra raid, but it's kind of not. It's hard to describe. It really, like, when you play it, it really feels like a six-man strike. It feels like a six-man strike with with some raid dynamics in it. Um, I mean, the whole first, and I'm going to do air quotes here, encounter, is you jumping on some platforms and you just, you're, you're puzzle jumping, making sure that you can get through a segment by figuring out how you have to have people jump across this, this area. Oh, hold on, hold on. What about the hounds? Come on now. What hound? <laughs> Where you have to uh, hit those fucking um, uh, cabal hound things. Are you talking about the gardens? Yeah, that's in the normal raid, though. I'm talking about the underbelly raid. Yeah, the underbelly raid is just, it's, it's just, oh, man, I don't know how to describe it. I honestly, you know what, to be perfectly honest, I have not completed it. I, I, I am the guy who, who everybody calls the Sherpa because I make sure I get everybody through whatever is there. I haven't completed it. That's how unappealing this new raid material is. That's impressive. 
Yeah. Well, it's also it's also disappointing because, I mean, I really enjoy Destiny and and where they started with Destiny Two, it really felt like they were going in the right direction. But that as soon as you get past that that surface layer, it really just goes downhill quick. There's just there's no carrot. Like at least Destiny One had a carrot that you were always chasing after, whether it be that perfect roll. Or something along the lines. I don't actually think, since the new Osiris has come out, I don't think I have a character at max level. At max light level. I, I don't think I have a single character. God, I n- I've never had a character at max light level. And after, I gotta say, after I went through the raid with you, um, who was it, Timmy and um, Z Racer mm-hmm. and a few other guys... That's that's really when my my game dropped. Well, yeah, because there's no reason to really keep chasing. There's no carrot to chase after. Yeah, exactly. That's that's basically what I was getting at. I've shelved the games myself. I, I got through the raid, and the raid, as difficult as I found it at my light level, it it was still at the end of it. It was like, meh. Okay. Um. I'm probably not going to do it again. It was fun. Yeah, it was cool. You beat it once, right. and you're like, man, that was cool. But then you're like, why am I doing this again? I mean, if you want the equipment, you can just go to to the, what's it, Banshee 55 or whatever, the, the guy underneath Hawthorne. Yeah. And you can just buy it with the tokens. And you can get those tokens just by completing the first battle encounter, just, just by running around. You really can do that you know, with any group. So if you want the gear, if you want the actual raid gear, it's super easy to get. I mean, not necessarily a max light level, but it's super easy to get. So there's just no real, there was no carrot to chase. Like in Destiny 1, I can't tell you how many times I fought Atheon to get Fatebringer or yeah. the Vex Mythoclast. I mean, I went into that raid every single week hoping that I was going to get that Vex Mythoclast drop. Uh, Fairweather, you and I, like running that one raid just so he could get um, uh, Hawkmoon. Yeah. We we ran that freaking, not not raid, but uh, what was it, fucking boss battle or whatever. Yeah, the strike. Yeah, the strike just so that get the drop of that Hawkmoon. And it was fun. Regardless of running it, like, 40 times just to get one weapon, it was still fun. It was genuinely entertaining, and it kind of gave you that carrot to chase. Um, I mean, I was super, super lucky, and I didn't even realize it when it happened, but I was super lucky. The first Atheon raid I went through, I got uh, Vision of Confluence. Yeah. And ironically, that turned into my gun for the rest of Destiny 1 until they, they made it obsolete, and then they brought it back. And as soon as they brought it back, that was my gun again. The, during that uh, time, that's when I got my Galahorn also, and it was like, oh, cool, Galahorn, I got Galahorn, excellent. I mean, it was a shitty roll on it, but still, it was Galahorn. Well, there, well, it wasn't a shitty roll, because Galahorn had the same roll. All exotics had the same roll. Galahorn was so many people's white whale. Like, the Vexmythoclast at, at the early stages and the Galahorn were everybody's white whale. When I got the Vexmythoclast... I, I remember the day as if it were yesterday. I was sitting in my front room. We were running a raid. I think I was running it with DPS at the time, which DPS is, uh, is dissolved on the PS4 side. It's now 
I forget exactly what it's called. I think we're still looking for a name. But I remember running it, and I remember it dropped because the week prior, Dexter was running with us, and Dexter died within the first 30 seconds of the Atheon fight. And he died. We finished the boss. We actually killed him. We five-manned it. And he got Vex Mythoclast without doing a damn thing. He literally died in the first 30 seconds. That pissed me off. And I pretty much was already figuring out, I was already trying to hire people to go kill him. And then once I realized, all right, well, I can't actually kill him. But I had people lined up. That was like, it was like $20,000 to do it. But I had people lined up to go do it. And then the next week, I went and ran it, and I got the Vex class. And I remember once that thing dropped and I saw it pop up on the screen, I jumped off of the couch, raised my hands in the air, and I was doing the fist pumps from fucking hell. I was like, oh my God, I did this. Fire it up. Fire it up. <laughs> Dude, it was the it was the scene from Crow. I was fucking tin tin and I was pumping that shit up in the air, shooting a bullet. That's what was happening. Like it was amazing. I haven't found that in Destiny 2. And that super disappoints me. Because that was one of the things that I loved about Destiny 1, about finding that. You know, finding that white whale, getting that Galahorn. I mean, as I said, I played it so much that I had everything. I, you know, there, there was, except for that fucking IS Luna role, I had everything. Um, and there was a lot of people who played that were like, well, how did you get that weapon? I was like, oh, I just fucking played the game, dude. You know, pe- people are always asking me, like, how did you get this weapon? How did you get that weapon? Well, I just played. You know, it just, it's, you just play the game. I mean, that's, 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 that was the cool part about Destiny and Destiny 2. If you want the weapons, you just play the game. Yeah. If you just keep playing, you'll eventually get what you're looking for. Now, the problem with Destiny 2, in my opinion, is that there's nothing to chase. There's nothing that stands out. There's no Vex Mythoclast. There's no Galahorn. There's nothing to actually chase after. They did a great job balancing everything out, but they did too good of a job. They've balanced everything out to the point that no, nothing stands out. I mean, yeah, Uriel's gift stands out. Whatever. I mean, honestly, if I get it ranged with a with a might of multi tool, I can wreck anybody with a with a Uriel's gift. Or if I get um, Nameless Midnight, I can wreck people at range with a with a Nameless Midnight, and they you know they they do some damage to me, but I can usually take them out before they can take me out. But there's nothing. There's no. There's no Galahorn. It just. I don't know. Maybe I'm ranting now. Maybe I'm just drunk. Well, I'll agree with you. It's it's lost its drive. It's lost its you know the 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 thing that that kept us playing for thousands of hours or hundreds and hundreds of hours. It, they've lost it, and it's it's unfortunate that it's been that way. But I one of the things that's I know a few people that I've talked to have had problems with is the fact that they've taken Destiny. Two, the lessons are that they learned in Destiny One, and they've they've somewhat they've forgotten them, and they've taken those steps back, and that's what really has lost a lot of people. I think is the fact that you know it's like they they did all this stuff. Like, why would you have a game with custom matches, private matches, and then release a sequel and not include that? Like, well. What's going on with that? 
I mean, you are you? I mean, Halo was always released with custom matches. Uh, I believe that was because the tower was destroyed, so everything has to be different. <laughs> they tried to pull a yeah. Metroid with it, like, "Hey, everything was destroyed. You have to rebuild everything." But you know what? You can't do it better I, than Metroid did. Metroid always nails it. You, you can't just take everything away and say, "Yeah, oh, we're going to build it back." I mean, yeah, that's fine and all, but how do you how did how did we you know how did the community build uh, custom matches in the beginning? They didn't. Bungie finally just realized, oh shit, we do need to put this out there. Or they finally got to it and they finally released it. You know, I mean, that's just me harping on one one point, but at the same, excuse me, at the same time, it's like you know you took lessons and you you left them behind. I feel like. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, they they took a lot of things that they learned that, well, I say they learned. There was a lot of things that they should have learned from seeing the community grow and develop in Destiny 1. And they could have continued that in Destiny 2, but still brought up, you know, what they had. You know, adding the new weapons. I mean, just take a look at, uh, I mean, just take a look at any other sequel that's ever been developed. You take the core, the best parts of the first game. And then you add on to those. You still keep the best parts of the first game, but then you add on to those and you extend it out a little bit. And you see if it works. I mean, back before, well, I'm going to say this term, back before they made games as a service, it was you would release a game and then you would release a sequel with basically everything in the first game, but just some added things in the second game. And then you see how it flies. If you find that people are really critical of it, they don't like it, well, shit. You take that out, and on the third game, you take the best parts of the first game and the best parts of the second game, and you make a third game that happens to have all the things that you love. Uh, one of the, the best examples that I can think of were uh, things like, well, actually, a game that I think we've all played, Final Fantasy. Yes. So in the first Final Fantasy that came out, they had some critical mechanics that were the core to the whole system. They brought those out when Final Fantasy II came out, which most of us in America didn't play at the time. When the f- when the Final Fantasy II came out, they added on some s- some other features, and they said, well, let's test these and see how they work. Now, there are some features in Final Fantasy II that really didn't fly. So they moved on to Final Fantasy III, and they made something different. And they added off the best features of Final Fantasy I and the best fe- features of Final Fantasy II, made Final Fantasy III with some extra features, and then the same thing happened. They just com- progressively made that as the iterations went on until you get to Final Fantasy XV. And Final Fantasy XV, I mean, so we go back to Final Fantasy twelve or like Final Fantasy eleven, where they really went over to the MMO style, and they lost me. I really didn't enjoy it. In fact, to the point of I'd never finished Final Fantasy twelve or thirteen. To the point now where Final Fantasy fifteen is out, and I really think they refined it. They took it. They've taken everything from basically every Final Fantasy before it, and they said, you know what? These are the best parts. We're going to put this into a Final Fantasy game. Now, that's how games, in my opinion again, should be developed. You take the best parts of the games before it, and you put it into a game, and you crack it out, and you say, hey, I'm going to add some extra stuff, and see how it flies. But now that games are as a service, people can just crank out whatever the hell they want, bring it out, and you know what? If they don't like it, shit, we're just going to alter it. We're just going to change it right on the fly. And then you get a completely different game from what you bought. 
But uh, that that makes me think of like a game that we've been playing on a server, where the developer will release the update, but not give you any information about the update. Arc. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was crazy. They released like, I think it was two or three rapid fire patches, and you're like, oh man, great. They're patching the game. They're maybe fixing stuff. But then you look and you're like, well shit. Where are some patch notes? Now granted. That's kind of going to a bit of an extreme because the average gamer is not reading, reading patch notes. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. When we were 14, 15, 16, whatever it may be, if they released a patch for a game, we weren't reading patch notes. We were like, shit, whatever, let's get the patch. Or, nah, fuck it, the game's working fine, I don't need it. We never cared about patch notes. And, I mean, I may be wrong, but I'm going to say a majority of the players out there they don't give a rat's ass about patch notes. Oh, they patched the game. Hopefully they fix something. What are patch notes? Exactly. So we obviously, I mean, we've already pretty much like ironed out we're not playing Destiny anymore. I mean, we're I'm still playing it. Zyberblood's still playing it a little bit, but we're not actually playing it as, as religiously as we were. Right. What are we what are we playing? Yeah. I'm hitting a lot of my humble bundle. Well, Humble Bundle's fantastic, man. I, I I think that's the best thing in the world that's come out because that's a great Absolutely. way of spending 10 to 15 bucks and getting some games that you can actually play. So uh, Humble Bundle, if you ever hear this, we'd gladly support you openly. We have several times in our streams, in our um, games, shows, uh, dropping your name. So if you want to contact us. We've not only been dropping your name, but we've also been giving away codes when we, yep. when we buy a Humble Bundle. Honestly, I bought multiple humble bundles in the past so that i have extra codes to give out same here so it's great service if you guys haven't done it we're fucking advertising for humble bundle they're not even paying us either but if you haven't seen it go check out humble bundle they're amazing but uh d you've been silent down there just sipping on your coffee stroking your beard what the hell are you playing since you're obviously not playing destiny 2 nope i'm actually playing uh super mario odyssey on the switch you know what? The Switch is totally underrated. Tell me about the uh, Mario Odyssey, because I, I I don't have a Switch. It is. Uh, I, I actually, I'm actually loving the Switch. Um, right now, I'm playing it on the uh, connected to the, as Zyber brings it out. I'm uh, I have it docked, and I'm playing it with the kids, and they did a phenomenal job with uh, Mario Odyssey. Um, it's a lot like, it's almost like either Mario, like a Mario 3D meets Mario Galaxy, except it's not like the obnoxiously small little like worlds that you keep hopping to. They did a, I mean, it's, it's the, you know, you can get costumes from Mario, the amiibo support, you can add, uh, have your amiibos do stuff. Um, the controls are tight. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the open world exploration, it's just, it's fantastic. It's it's like a modern day version of uh, Mario sixty four, only a little better. My thing, uh, the the game controls, sure, okay, certain games, yeah, the the control style is tight, but the physical controllers for it, I feel like they're cheap as fuck. Pro controller, it's more money. That's what I'm about to say. That's what I'm playing yep. on. I'm playing on the pro controller, so you can shake it to do certain things. There is additional options if you play with the uh, Joy-Con right. separated. You can do a bunch of movements that can add some extra stuff. I mean, I, I got the corded version of the Pro Controller. But, yeah, the actual uh, 
ones that come with the system, they feel cheap as fuck. I'm sorry, but that's a fail to me by Nintendo. They work all right for me, but I like I said, I, I play most everything on my... Uh, I play it docked 90% of the time and play everything on the uh, with the Pro Controller. Same here now. So here's the question. Uh, wireless. Are they functional? Do they do the job? Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, I play mostly RPGs on it with the uh, Joy-Cons, and they haven't given me any trouble. Because I fall back to the, the PlayStation 3. Now, I played... I mean, I'm a Sony fanboy, unfortunately. Or fortunately, however the fuck you want to put that. But, like, the the PlayStation 3, when it came out, those controllers, they were so light. They remind me of... You, any, any of you guys fire firearms? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I am not a firearm guy whatsoever. I hate firearms. I'm more of a knife and bow guy. Really weird. But the firearms that I picked up, like the newer firearms that are out there, they feel so light and so... I say the word, and, and they're not, but I say the word, they feel so chintzy that that's what the, the the PlayStation 3 controller felt like. Like, I picked it up, and it felt like, shit, I'm going to snap this thing in two in my hands. Even though I didn't, and I couldn't, but it felt like I was just going to snap these things in two because it was so light. I mean, I probably, if, if, if I had three of the damn things, I probably could have juggled them, and I can't fucking juggle. I probably could have juggled the damn things. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, people are also getting physically weaker. Somebody wants something lighter, easier to carry, and everything else. So you get the, a lot of times, better plastics. They can get stronger, but lighter plastics. But let's face it, people are, are, are complaining, oh, it's too heavy. The PSP was too heavy. The old Vita was too Everybody wants something to be lighter and lighter. No, that's the thing. Like, when, when I, I, I went and I fired, as I said, again, I'm not a firearms guy, so if I fuck something up, sorry. But I went and fired... Um, it was a 9mm, I think it was a Glock, and it felt like it was more plastic than it was metal. A lot of them are mostly now, a lot of them are more like hard uh, plastic than anything else. Well, yeah, so I fired the thing, and it was almost, I want to say it was difficult to control because it was so light. Because I would pull, I, w- I would squeeze the trigger, and as I would squeeze the trigger, the thing would just move, like any light movement of my hands would make the thing just move all over the place. But then I fired. Um, it was a forty-five. I forget. I forget the the model of it. But it had more weight to it, and it had more heft to it. And when I pulled the trigger on that, I had a much better grouping and a much much smoother grouping with that than I did the Glock because I had more control. It was more weighted in my hand. Yeah, I I, I liked a little bit more of uh, weighty firearms myself. So I, I don't like the. But yeah, these things, these uh, Joy-Cons, when I use them like this, like, you know, by themselves, I feel like I'm going to crush the damn things. They're so spongy. Yeah, it kind of looks like you'd wrap them in a condom and shove them up your ass or something. They really look small. Exactly. They vibrate, too, so. Well, I think the reason why they've made them that way, and, you know, this is kind of getting off from what we were talking about just a little bit, but the reason why they made them that way is because it's a to-go gaming console is what they're trying to do, make. It is somewhat a... It's like a Vita. It's like the Vita controls. Yeah, so so they, so they're they trying to make everything lighter. Like, everyone wants a lighter phone. Everyone wants mm-hmm. a smaller phone. Well, some people, some of us like to watch porn on our phones right? so we go with the bigger screens. Um but I digress. The The thing is, is that they made them that way, and 
it's also the motion stuff. You're you, you know that you're using them for that. Yeah, see, Cecil's got he's got the right idea. He's got the big fun screen, but it's it's the motion stuff as well. Versus you get people like myself. I could care less about motion. I just want to play a Zelda game with a controller in my hand. I want to play all my games with a controller in my hand or a mouse and a keyboard if I have to. But what's but, cool is at least they have those options with the Pro Controller, which is, in exactly. my opinion, one of the best-feeling controllers on the market right now. One of, not the, but one of. But, uh, yeah, going back to what, you know, what, what draws you to, to play Mario Odyssey over all these other games that are out? Right now, I mean, I've always been a longtime Mario fan, and uh, I was like, you know what, I should probably get it, you know, and then I was reading reviews, people were loving it, and then I had a bunch of coupons for, like, GameStop that was like, I so I basically got it for free. I had a whole bunch of points just stocked up, had coupons, went to put them towards a pre-order, and they're like, uh, you can't put them towards a pre-order. So I was like, fuck, I'll take Mario Odyssey. So I pretty much got it for free. Yeah, I even changed my opinion of Mario Odyssey when I got it for Christmas. It's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, I'm playing it with the kids, so, I mean, you know, my daughter's loving it. Well, that speaks to an also uh, a, a very different shift in the paradigm of gaming as well, is that, uh, I mean, the, the shift from single-player to multiplayer, there are distinct uh, separation of people who pretty much devote their time to multiplayer games or social games i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll label them as social games even though most of the time the, the community is completely toxic but single player games versus uh social games like for instance um you you may remember him shadow fox he's been on yes. the show a couple times and he's played with us on some of the game nights so he's been playing a lot of the witcher right now and no matter how much i try to get him to come over to one of the social games that i'm playing he's still playing the witcher I don't knock him for it. In fact, I give him props for sticking to his guns and, and playing through that game because I really want to get through that game at some point in time. Um, but he's been sticking through his guns and doing that. And like you, D, talking about Mario Odyssey, uh, you know, just, just sticking to that single player, not getting into that multiplayer thing. But like me, I'm, I mean, like I'm at a point in my life where I have played so many single player games that when I play a game, I want to chill out. You know, I've, I, I want to talk to people. I want to, I want to chat with people on the phone. I want to chat with people in my headset. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to talk to them. He wants to chat to the people in his head. I mean, I do too. It's not entirely that I'm like sitting there. I just want to play a single player game. It's more or less as during when my kids are up, I can't really because of the toxic community. My kids are going to hear all kinds of garbage talk. Oh yeah. And, you know, stuff I don't want them to hear. So, I mean, and I'm trying to get them into gaming, too, and they're loving it. So I'm starting them off on the Mario stuff. I can play with them like that. And and my daughter loves the Switch. She loves, like, you know, she loves on uh, the Wii U and even on the um, 3DS. She loves the uh, Mario Maker and everything else. So I'm doing that. I mean, I'll still play the uh, the social games later on at night if I have time. But, you know, in the meantime, it's more of a trying to be a responsible parent <laughs> during the day. I hear you. And, and, you know, that's that's another thing that's changed the way I play video games as well is because... You know, I'm I'm a parent, so I can't I can't play. Well, not that I ever really liked playing the Call of Duties online, but I can't really play the Call of Duties or the Battlefields anymore, simply because I don't want my kid walking in and hearing somebody call me a baby raper. It's like, whoa, dude! I just shot you in the face because I was quicker on the draw. <laughs> Doesn't mean you suck. Just means I'm better. <laughs> 
but uh i mean there's there's a lot of different things that that i think have have changed the state of gaming as today and and one of the big things and i i I hate to to beat a dead horse on this but one of the big things is is microtransactions yes i think the big company that came across lately and and really took it on the chin was ea yep you know battlefront 2 um i mean i i know it's old news now but it's kind of one of those it's it's festered for a while the wounds started to seal up i think it's i think it's easier to talk about it now than it, it would have been then because people really would have gotten heated up <laughs> but uh but but microtransactions um i mean a lot of games or a lot of games are going that way because it's a way to extend out the longevity of making money off of a game so I think the one like one word can to kind of describe the gaming landscape right about now is is flux being in flux. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. In flux, like yeah. down to flux. No, no, like um. You mean our incontinent brothers? Yeah, like it's a little it's 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 a little all over the place. Uh, it's it's almost like you know somebody that's not sure who they want to be. Uh, because they've got so many things. You've got a lot of old school gamers like us going riding back on nostalgia. So you got a big kick towards the um, the old school games. Now you got a lot of people developing uh, for NES and some of these older systems, creating new games for older systems. Uh, if you were paying attention to CES, they're developing new um, new hardware, new controllers, wireless this and everything else to go with the Genesis, the Dreamcast, and then of course you got the people that are playing like the really nice big games that are one player, like Nino Kuni two that's coming out. And of course, you got the indie market, which is exploding with both with a lot of shovelware and a lot of what could be considered almost AAA titles. So you've got that over there. Then you got the people that are pushing graphics and these uh, the shooters, and then you got microtransactions. So it's just a little all over the place. One uh, one company that really surprised me with their game. I didn't get to see the game awards, but um, like fucking uh, shit, brain fart on it. Um. Uh, Hellblade. Oh yeah, Hellblade. Sacrifice. Yeah, Fucking, that game was a, that. See, now that is a great, um, a great example of how an indie developer doesn't have to sacrifice production value to make an indie game. That game was spectacular. Yep. Visually, um, sound wise, just just every little bit of that production. Like also how they tackled mental illness within the game. Yeah, it was it was. Man, Sacrifice is one of those games that I, I really... The mindfuck. Yeah. I got to dig back into, but I'm just so into the multiplayer games right now that it's hard to do a single-player game because I want to devote my time to it. And I really, I I, I think I, I attribute that to I'm going to school, so it's kind of hard to focus on the story of a game when I'm really trying to you know listen to whatever schoolwork is in the background. It's a lot easier to just get it, jump into a match, shoot somebody in the face, and really just tune out what's going on in the video game while I'm listening to schoolwork. But, um, but yeah, I mean that, that like that's a great example of a, of a prime game that came out that really felt complete. Um, you know, maybe there was glitches in it that I never saw, but honestly, I don't give a shit. I never saw them. Same here. I mean, what you know, we're we're kind of talking about uh, what's drawing our attention you talk about multiplayer games so what is it that you're playing right now that's pulled you away from like destiny well me specifically um i've been jumping into uh, a few different games 
Well, Ark, Ark is one of them. Um, Ark is a really, really fun game. It's It's got a long way to go. There's a lot of glitches in it, but it's got a lot of potential. Um, and and I've, I've, I feel that I've grown enough that I can look past a lot of inconsistencies to see the potential in a game. He's a real boy now. I'm a real boy now. <laughs> um, but one of the things, uh, one of the games I've been playing recently is a game called Escape from Tarkov. Have you guys heard of that? Only from you. You don't. You don't ever escape from uh, Trogdor. Yeah, haven't haven't tried it yet, but I've I've de- definitely heard of it. <laughs> Trogdor, strikes again. Um, no, Escape from Tarkov is uh, it's a it's I don't want to say it's a unique vision of a game, but it's uh it's kind of like playing a first person shooter Diablo in hardcore mode. Um, that's set in Russia, I guess, or the <laughs> Ukraine or whatever. It's a really interesting game, um, and it's currently in closed beta, so there's a lot of fucking glitches, but it's got an immense amount of potential. The only thing that I think is really scary when playing this game is they have laid the groundwork to make microtransactions abundant. Um, Just looking at the game, looking at how the game plays, it really looks like microtransactions are going to be a big part of the final release. You don't beat hard mode. Hard mode beats you. I was gonna say you don't play game. Game play you. Yeah, that's in this in this case, yes. Well, that's the cool part. I mean, like the the way to describe Escape from Tarkov is it's per it's a uh, it's persistent equipment. So you jump in, and whatever you have as equipment, if you have it, you have it. If you die, you lose it. But if you escape whatever map you're on. You escape with it. So, let's just say, for instance, you've got a, uh, I don't know, an SKS, and you've got it decked out with a scope and a, and a hollow reflex uh, uh, sight on it, an extended mag, whatever. You walk in, and dollar value that's like, I don't know, $1,500 weapon, whatever. You walk in, let's say you load into the map, you turn to your left. You get shot in the face and you die. Well, if you didn't insure that weapon and nobody grabbed it from you and made it out of the out of the map with it, that weapon is gone. You just spent all that money on that weapon and you're never getting it back. That's ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, but the cool part about it is that um, you also level up in the game. So if you get shot in the face for 15 matches, your face gets stronger from taking a bullet it's weird (laughs) interesting concept well i mean it's it's kind of like real life if you keep stabbing yourself in the leg eventually you get so much scar tissue there that it's harder to stab you in the leg (laughs) i am the human juggernaut (laughs) true very true well like like uh one of these guys uh, uh lord sid he's uh he's in the he's in the gna chat um, he's a guy I work with, and he's really been walking me through this whole Tarkov thing because I really I wanted to get into it, and ironically I got. S- uh, your pardon. He's also pardon? known as Nyquil Assassin. Good point. Sorry, Nyquil Assassin. Cha-cha. Um, but he got me. You know, he he really is one of the 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 prime people who like got me into this game. Um, so I bought it, and I'm like, you know what? Let's try this out. And the first couple of games I jumped in, literally. 
I walked in. I had a hatchet in my hand. Actually, the first game I walked in, I think I had an AK-47, full body armor. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking decked out. I'm going to wreck these people. I walk in. I walk into a building. I turn to my right. There's a dude there with MP5 and just goes, blap, blap, and I'm down. It's like, really? So I'm like, well, thankfully, I insured all my stuff. But then I found out that even though your stuff is insured, if somebody grabs your shit and escapes the map with it, well, guess what? You don't get it back. It's gone. It's gone forever. <laughs> so I'm like, son of a bitch. That was a great AK I had. So then I started learning the game a bit better. And I'm like, oh, well, this is how this works. All right, cool. So as I started learning the game, it got easier and easier to play. Um, and it really got it got super fun. And that's really dragged me away from Destiny 2, to be perfectly honest, is just something different. Just, just something that... Uh, that I'm seeing has a lot of potential, like I saw with Destiny 1. I kind of want to circle back, you know, several minutes. Um, you mentioned ARC. You mentioned the problems with ARC. But you um, you mentioned that your experience in your age has said, you know, well, you know, fuck it. I, I'm, I'm still going to you know, enjoy it. I, it's got potential and stuff. Now, uh, market value, what's that game cost? Um, I saw it on Humble for 36. Okay. So is if that game cost you when you bought it, um, let's say 60 bucks, the price of a console game, would you still feel as strongly about that as you do now paying 36 for it? Well, currently it's uh 59.99 as I look up the price. Um and if I bought it as a full release, I honestly would say that if I paid sixty-nine or fifty-nine bucks for bucks for it, I would feel disappointed in the gameplay because it definitely feels incomplete. But I big that with a big butt. I got butt face right now. But um, the developers of Ark, just like the developers of Final uh, Friday the Thirteenth, um, they are constantly trying to make it better. Now, it goes back to the exact same thing that you said, Blue, about people releasing games that are just not complete. You know, they're, they're turning the player base into the Q&A testers. They're, they're releasing a game that, that isn't quite there yet, and they're patching it on the ascent. And is, this isn't, a, this isn't a, uh, an old or a new topic. We've talked about this on the GNA before. I think Mattman and I actually talked about it on the, on the first or second episode that we did. Um, and... and, and, and until players start saying, hey, I'm not going to allow this, it's going to keep happening. Um, but, again, big butt face here, there are certain developers who are supporting their games. So, like Ark. Ark has got some DLC for it, but there's really not a lot of DLC. There's, there's a couple of DLC patches for it, but there's not a lot. So, their DLC income coming after the fact of selling the game isn't exactly that big, but they're still supporting their game. As I said, when we were playing it, there were, I think, two or three patches in a 48-hour in, in period. Yeah. So they're, they're supporting their game. And one of them crashed it. Yeah, one of them did crash the whole game. But they're supporting their game. They're, they're constantly trying to ma- fix things and make things better. Um, it's the same thing I go with Gun Media for Friday the 13th. You know, when that game came out, it was super fun. Yeah, it had its, its glitches, but it was super, super fun, and it still is super fun. And they're constantly trying to maintain the game. They're constantly trying to make it better. When somebody comes forward and says, hey, this is broken, 
they seriously take a look at it. And the big thing that I found with gun media is that they are constantly communicating with the community. They're saying, hey, we've, we've he- we hear what you're saying. We're doing something about it. Just just give us a chance. And honestly, I've seen a lot of great things come from except for the Savani Jason. I want them to fucking sell that so I can get <laughs> that, but that's never going to happen. So what do you think the likelihood of a console-based game being able to do that? Because I know like Microsoft doesn't... They do that, though. With Arc. Arc is on uh, Xbox also. Okay. So they really don't... So these other games like um let's say mass effect andromeda do you think that they took too long to fix that game and some of the things that were broken with it do you think that the division should have been fixed sooner or do you think that they've all made the appropriate amount of action to do the best that they can i think they should have fixed it sooner i i haven't played either so i wouldn't be able to tell you so I definitely think with Division... So Ubisoft, when when Division came out, Destiny had already been out. They had already made their huge, huge screw-ups. So Ubisoft should have looked at that and said, you know what, we're going to, to learn from their mistakes. But they didn't. So that's one of the things that really irked me about, about the Division. The Division right now is a great game. It's a great game that I just won't play. Mostly on principle. Um, There's nothing about the game that I don't like, except maybe the third-person portion of it. There's really nothing about the game that I don't like. It's It's got loot, it's got modding, it's got all the great things that make a great game, and there's a lot of people that love it, and there's a lot of people that, that are, are, are digging into it. Um, and I don't, I don't knock any of them. The thing that stops me from playing The Division is that they had a great opportunity to just look around them and say, this is what people are doing, and they're screwing up horribly. Let's not do that. Instead, they turned around and they said, you know what? Everybody else is doing this, so we're going to see if we can get away with it. And that's the thing that really bothered me with The Division. Now, I'm not going to lie. I bought The Division on PS4 with the season pass. (laughs) I bought the division on PC with the season pass. And you know what? Both of them are sitting there collecting dust. Every now and then I jump on and I play it with some people who say, hey, we're playing it. But there's just a sour taste on my mouth with the division because I mean, Ubisoft has always been a, a group of fuck ups when it comes to games. I mean, they, they're really some pretty good games, but they fuck everything up more often than not. And they really had an opportunity with the division not to fuck it up. And they still walked face first into that wall. And I was like, Jesus Christ, guys, you know, delay it a year, delay it a year and, and really bring out something good because you see everybody around you doing the same thing. It's like microtransactions with Battlefront 2. You've got everybody around them under the sun pulling out microtransactions, making so much money. And EA said, hey, you know what? Let's do this. And let's not even hide the fact. Let's just do it. And instead of looking at it saying, hey, you know what? Everybody else is fucking up around us. Let's try not to fuck up. They just said, you know what? Screw it. 
let's walk right into that wall. Let's see if we can walk through it. And they couldn't. All right. One game, yeah. uh, speaking of microtransactions, um, that is sort of, I think one of the games on the fence uh, is uh, Paladins. They release new characters, but you really don't have to buy any of the, um, like, special packs, like the uh, creator pack or whatever to unlock all the characters because they randomly have all the characters cycling through. Yeah, you can grind for them, too. So it's not like you have to buy them. You can just play the game and get to them if you want to. Right. I mean, they they recently expanded their character list, which is pretty amazing. I haven't gotten to all the characters yet, but yeah, I I absolutely love it. The one character that's new that I like and that I find myself cycling to every time that I play it is Jonas. Freaking awesome mm. healer. Yeah, yeah. And I like the balance in Paladins. I mean, Paladins has really done the same thing that, you know, Overwatch has done and some of those other games. They've really made a balance in between the players. So, I mean, you can play like Gerald or or whoever you want and really, you know, find your niche and how you want to play. And that's really, really cool. The thing I like about Paladins over Overwatch is that it kind of gives you something to work towards. So it doesn't give you all the players right off the bat. It says, hey. Here's how you can get them. Here's how you can unlock them. You play, and all all you got to do is play. Like, that's the thing that I love. All you have to do is play, like in Destiny 1. All you had to do is play, and you'll eventually get the weapons you want. All you have to do is play in Paladins, and you will eventually get enough to unlock the player that you want. Yep. That's what I did with, uh, with the game. I played enough to unlock Jonas permanently, and now I can play every time as Jonas. So I want to ask this question just because we kind of we kind of skirted around it a bunch, um, and it's actually something I, I really want to hear from you guys and and, and get your get your uh, concept on. But uh, so like with microtransactions and how EA, you know, was really in the spotlight for for just blatantly putting out there. Are you fearful for some of the games that are coming out that they're just going to go down that path now that EA has already you know stuck their foot in their mouth, yes. really taken the big the big heat. Um, one game that comes to mind that's coming out is Anthem. I'm I'm a little worrisome because it seems like anything that has anything to do with EA in any way, shape, or form um, tends to find itself on a back burner to EA. Like, say, uh, a subsidiary that's tied in with EA is making a game and it has a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of great reviews. EA will step in and be like, uh, no, sorry. We're gonna we're gonna put a kibosh on that. <laughs> yeah, they, they they do seem like the um hey hey uh blockbuster, um hold my beer. I think we can fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. They they, they 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 come off as that and my 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 biggest problem with the way EA's done a lot of stuff um, is that it's broken. It's uh, I mean I'm not saying Star Wars Battlefront Two was broken, but it was in the sense of the pay to um, to win came into play, and that's that's what 
I think that EA has screwed up the most is that they don't they don't pay attention to everyone else and go, okay, let's not do what they're doing. Let's not fuck this up. Let's release a good product. Like BioWare has made some good products in the past, and they've released a lot of good products. And now that they're owned and controlled by EA, you know, a game like Anthem, I'm afraid is going to be released for 80 bucks and it's going to be broken. And I feel like even with this delay that they have put in place, that they're going to release a broken game and then they're going to have a shit ton of microtransactions. And that's the only way you're really going to get anywhere in this game or really find a way to effectively get through with the game. Not like, you know, play to do good, play to you know, grind out, you know, not even like Destiny 1 grind. I'm talking like you're going to have to spend more time um, playing um, than a person who's going to pay. And then you're going to run into them and have to deal with them. And that's what's going to break the game. And instead of just making it a, you know, a cosmetic thing. Right. That's what I that's that's what I like about Destiny. I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of you know there being additional paid stuff in in a game, I have to say the fact that everything in Destiny is cosmetic and is not necessary is a good thing. You know, like I I mean, yeah, the 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 salty emotes cool and funny and cute and stuff, but at the same time, it's not gonna win someone. To, uh, player versus player match. No, but it's going to make some people super salty when you drop that emote after you drop them in the face. Yeah. Uh, it is. But, I mean, it is also not going to win them, um, you know, world's first in the raid. You know, that's 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 what I like about that. And then EA, you know, EA just drops the fucking ball and just really screws the pooch on this and then beats the pooch to death after that, too. I mean, they, they, they viciously... And then rapes the dead pooch. Yes, they, they did a lot of horrible things to that pooch and with this Star Wars Battlefront 2 crap that they pulled. And the fact that it, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we've, we're still not getting rid of it. And that's what makes me fear Anthem and I've anything else. I've honestly stopped else. buying EA uh, products. I'm, I'm not buying any EA products at all. The problem is, is that Battlefront 2 is a decent game. Yeah, I like the campaign. Mm-hmm. When you play it, it it's an actual Even the PvP... It's actually well balanced. It's it's fun to play. Um, it's just those those specific characters that you got to grind for that are like, well, you know, I look at that and I'm playing I'm playing Battlefront two and I'm like, Jesus Christ, do I really want Darth Vader? I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to have him, but do I really care that that dude over there has Darth Vader and I don't? No, I really don't care. I mean. I'm still playing. Now I care that they have a, a pistol that can one-shot me from across the map, and I don't have that pistol. That kind of pisses me off. But otherwise, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. It's, it's, it's an entertaining game. The only reason, like, I, I'm not bashing the game. The only reason that I'm ab- abstaining from buying EA products is I just kind of want to make a statement that, hey, you've gone too far with the microtransactions. Back off a little bit and the pay-to-win yeah. stuff. And that's pretty much is I know we're like I said before we're in flux right now and I think there's like ooh we can make a ton more money with microtransactions but they've gone too far and as a community as the customers we need to kind of bring that back like you yeah you've gone too far. I'm still pissed about fucking Dead Space. Well, what about Dead Space? The, the Visceral Studios. Oh, 
them closing down. Yeah, you're right. Fucking hey, you had to bring up that open wound, didn't you? Like I was just <laughs> forgetting that. Contrary to popular belief, Visceral Studios was actually not some studio they bought out and closed. It was actually always part of EA. Yeah, yeah, it was always yeah. part of EA. It was actually started by EA, but I've seen a lot of that on the forums. Like they buy out this stuff, like Visceral, they buy it out and destroy it. I'm like, actually, it was always part of EA, <laughs> but I'm still pissed about it. They, yeah, but they shut down the studio, like they, which which is obnoxious. Yeah, like it, it's because <sighs> they couldn't microtransaction the shit out of it. That's why I'm glad that they didn't. I want to have a good memory of Dead Space, right? Like just just the fleeting memory of wow, they could have went so many places with this. They left us at a cliffhanger. Maybe somebody will release a book one day that I can read and, and continue on with Isaac Clark shit. I hope they do. This almost sounds like a good time for it. Wouldn't it be funny? Dude, fuck you. All right. Fuck you <laughs> and the horse you rode in on. Wouldn't it be funny if they actually released the book? No, it doesn't work if you say it. And D, don't you fucking say a word. <laughs> the, the, the main problem that I have with what this has done is it's made me very skeptical. Very, very skeptical. And I don't like the fact that I have to now be so skeptical about something that I enjoy and I've had fun with. It's like someone's come in here and, and pissed in my, my morning cereal. And so now I don't leave the cereal sitting out. I don't buy the cereal in advance. I buy the cereal the day I need it. So no one can piss in my cereal. Or I can know that, hey, that cereal is going to come with piss in it, so I'm going to stay away from it. I hate piss in my cereal. Yeah, fuck you. But if you buy the cereal from EA, you get the... You, you get the tar- charms, but no marshmallows from the Lucky Charms. <laughs> Those are extra. I believe um, the term is who peed in my tea and who shit on my cornflakes. Mm-hmm. Down with that. In which case, it'd be EA did it. Yeah, so now I don't, I don't pre-order. Like, even if they say, oh, yeah, Anthem's coming out in 2019 and it's coming out in this month, I'm probably not going to pre-order it because of that. It'll come with a 12-inch statue. Because, like, I, I, I don't... I don't... I want to see... People play this game and come out and say, you know what? Actually, it's it's a lot of shit that you gotta buy to actually get anywhere in this game, guys. It it's just it just sucks to say, hey, you know, what? it's actually really good. It's a lot of fun, and you know they got microtransactions, but you know it's so you can have this pretty looking this or this pretty looking that, and it's not gonna affect anything. But you gotta be glad at least we have the internet nowadays where you can actually get the reviews. Back when we were younger in the great nostalgia days. This game has cool box art. Ah, oh, fucking sucks. And you missed on some really great games that had shitty box e. art. You, you tried to judge it by the box art. Well, yeah, and I mean that—that's the nice thing about it. But the, the the also the thing about the internet that you have to pay attention now is who's paying for you to review this game, or you know, like just go to the forums where people are bitching. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you can look at it that way. and But, I mean, sometimes people just complain just for the sake of fucking complaining. I think Zyberblood's got something to say. Yeah. Um, shit, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like I tell my dad all the time, you gotta write it down, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's irritating. Um, fuck. I got derailed. Sorry. It's all good. Well... I think it's time to wrap some stuff up. That's right, kids. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, B. So, D, where can people find you at, man? People can find me on my channel on YouTube, Microbrew Gamers with a Z instead of an S. You can find me at microbrewgamers.com is my website. You can find me on Microbrew Gamers at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
and of course on the GNA podcast with these uh, these goofballs. Goofballs. Zabulov, where can people find you at, man? Hopefully somewhere where my head can warm up. But uh, yeah, right, Uncle Fester. I think they make hats <laughs> for those. We're gonna we're gonna get him one of those hats with the dingly balls. You can find me on the GNA Discord. You can find me bounce around on my Instagram, my Twitter page, uh, or gaming in general under my gamer tag and my podcast tag, Zyberblood. That's Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. Um, just to let you know, I found more and more fake Zybers out there, so be wary. If it's not not uh, GNA podcast cyber, tell them to go fuck themselves and destroy their account. Just just find the most vulgar cyber and you found the right one. <laughs> one of them one of them is on YouTube, and it's like a eleven year old kid. He needs to fucking die in a fire. Blue shark, blue shark. Where can people find you at? Give him some Tide Pods. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the uh, the GNA podcast. You can find me on um, the GNA Discord. And uh, you can also find me on my personal Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash uh, bluesshark45. And you can find me on Mixer. Uh, usually, uh, I'm going to probably be streaming um, The Witcher. Uh, and that's mixer.com uh, slash uh, bluesshark45. Or if you want to watch it, at the same time, being also streamed on another service and you prefer Twitch, you can find me on twitch.tv slash thebluesshark45 because the other bluesshark45 is, uh, he's holding my, he's holding my idea hostage and he has no, uh, no intentions of surrendering the account to me. And he's a douchebag. Or responding to my private messages or posting any videos or following anyone or doing anything. Just, just, just there taunting me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's one of these fuckers, and, you know, they're just screwing with me. And when I turn 45, they'll hand it over to me at that point. Because you won't be lying. <laughs> I, yeah, whatever. But then but then when he turns 46, we're hacking in and taking it back. Fuck you. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Cecil versus Games. You can find me at Facebook at Cecil Xavier. You can find me at the GNA Discord, um, randomly spouting off random drunk shit. And, of course, here on the GNA podcast. Um, so we skipped over one section, uh, questions from the audience, and that's because we have none. So we are dead inside, and we can't deny the pain we feel. However, should we come up, uh, should we actually discuss an announcement? An announcement? About soon opening up a shop? Ooh, yes. Uh, actually, D from Microbrew Gamers has been looking into a place for us to open up a shop where you can buy mugs, T-shirts, uh, probably hats, shit if we can find them, condoms with our logo on it. And there may be a little bit of interesting news coming along the path of uh, of the logo as well. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes open. Keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook. Might just be seeing something coming out of that. Well, sadly to say, we were going to have our first um, brewer's meet, but my my Charmander is dead, so I can't afford to go anywhere i i feel really really bad about shoving that tomato up your tailpipe now <laughs> really bad <laughs> i feel horrible. oh you feel bad was it the tomato or is it the potato that we launched in there uh i don't know i mean 
I also run my dick all up and down the steering wheel too, so I can't. Oh god, please stop. I thought it felt familiar. It did. I farted in the gas tank. So, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. That's why we can't have nice things. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes help people get uh, find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, help other people find us too. Uh, you can also find us on Android with Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, um, and whatever the hell else you want to find us on. Hell, if you have something that you listen to for podcasts and you can't find us there, let us know. Shoot us an email. We'll get ourselves there. Except for Spotify. They are huge douchebags about, Spotify, about podcasts there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at GNA Podcast or join our Discord chat. See that pinned tweet. We're also on Facebook. Just search GNA Podcast. You'll find us. We've started playing and hosting guests on our streaming feeds on twitch.tv forward slash GNA Podcast at Mixer at Mixer.com forward slash GNA Podcast. Uh, we're a proud member of the Ninja Pancake community where you can find other great shows like My Morning Coffee and Yulhorn Game. So go check them and us out at NinjaPancake.com. You can also email us at GNA Podcast at GNA and your DNA one with questions, comments, death threats, or just make fun of Zyber's really shiny bald head that we're staring at, or Blue Shark's baby face, because <laughs> honestly, I just want to slap it with baby powder and pinch those cheeks. <laughs> hey, that's going to go away. It's it, This is not permanent, ladies and gentlemen. The beard shall return. The baldness is permanent. And it shall return gloriouser than it was before. Yes, I, I use gloriouser. And I'm still going to have this long mane of hair that just falls out everywhere. So. And tries to kill you. And I still have Fu Manchu. I'm going to be that guy at 90 years old where he has no hair on the top of his head and just like all the hair on the side and it's down to his ass. And I'm just going to be naked running around the forest. And people are going to see me and be like, holy shit, who is that? And the kids are just going to go, oh, don't worry. That's old man season. Like that drunk, like the drunken master guy in the old like, virtue <laughs> Exactly. I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> or Shang Tsung before he uh, he became youthful. <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much for joining me on the show tonight. Absolutely. As always, you have a great night. Astrovia. Roast. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. We here at the GNA Podcast have teamed up with Dr. Kevorkian and Charles Darwin to help support the Tide Pod Challenge. We will send you a Tide Detergent Pod so you can participate in the Tide Pod Challenge. Hell, if you're in Philly Froggy, we'll send you too.